Are there, is there anybody in the audience who's ready to go to college or is in college already? Quite a few of you, right? So I was at a, I was at a meeting in Philadelphia and there was a lot of, yes, for Philadelphia, there was a lot of people there to listen to a very successful developer of rooms and accommodation at universities. And the amazing thing was there was people from all over these schools to listen to him speak. A lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of very successful people there to listen to this guy who is a developer of rooms. It won't go louder. They said it wouldn't go louder. I don't know. I don't, I don't know whether it can go any louder. Is that good? Yeah. There's a lot of room down here. It is as loud as can be. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna speak like this, okay? All right. So I was at this meeting and they were they were asking this, they were talking to this developer of accommodation for people in who, for college campuses and universities. And as we listened to him speak, one of the things that I found out was that he also, other than for developing rooms and being a builder, he also was a provider of internet service to the students there. And I was wondering, here's one, on one hand, here he is a builder and he's building rooms. On the other side, he's an internet provider. Guess what? The number one reason of how a young student picks where they're going to live in a university, the number one criteria is what do you think? Internet connectivity and Wi-Fi. We have an international student living with us for the summer. He happens to be a loner. We only see him at mealtime. In order to protect the innocent, I'm going to say that his name is Abe. Last week, just before we were having dinner, all of a sudden, the Wi-Fi in our home went out. And this guy comes running there, comes rushing, phone in hand, saying, something happened to the Wi-Fi. And I thought to myself, if there was a fire in our home, I don't think we would have got his attention. But guess what? The internet went out, and we saw him within seconds to find out what was wrong. Last week, I was in a meeting in Columbus Ohio and I was supposed to go to the convention center because I was going to be speaking it was a department of defense meeting and I was going there I was going to be there an hour earlier so that I could get mic'd up before the meeting and I got into the car and I put on, I put the convention center into my phone and guess what I was hoping that it would the GPS would guide me there and the phone just wouldn't take the convention center address. I tried a few times and in panic, I called my office and, the of and I said to the office manager, can you please send me the directions from where I am to the convention center? She sent it to me, but she said also, Sam, why don't you try powering off your phone and powering it back on? And do you know I tried that? And sure enough, I got connected just like that. I think it's very clear that 
in the, in the, in the society that we live in, that a connection to the internet, whether it's through Wi-Fi or, through, or directly, has become a, such an important part of our life, as important as the water we drink, as the air we breathe, the food we eat, the schools we go to, the neighborhoods we live in, even the wawa and the sheets that we stop by to make sure they have exactly what we're looking for. How many wawa fans here in the audience? Uh, how about sheets? There's always, there's always a conversation in my house, whether, whether we are sheets, whether we like sheets, or we like wawa. And I have to tell you, currently we are more wawa because we live in South Jersey. But all that to say that this has become such an important aspect in our lives, and that is to be connected. So it's even interesting, right, that the internet has become such an important part of our lives. And what I'm here to say to you is that that same intensity, that same urgency that we have in being connected to the internet, we need to be able to show in being connected to our Heavenly Father. It's very interesting that as I listen to the, or as I, as I understand the prodigal son story, you know, in the, in, the son, in the prodigal son story, the son, right, when he realizes that he needs to change and that he needs to go back home, the first thing he does is not go see a counselor. He doesn't go buy a book. He doesn't go get a new tattoo. He doesn't go get a new haircut. He doesn't move from the suburb to the city. He doesn't move from the city to the suburb. He doesn't go to another state. He recognizes that the thing that he needs most is a relationship with the father, an earthly father. And it's very interesting as you read that story, that story is a story that was made up. It was a story that was related to us by the master storyteller, Jesus himself. But he he wants to talk to us and he wants to, to teach us what that picture of a father and son or a father and a daughter relationship looks like. So he's very purposeful in being able to tell that story. Jesus, who was God and who was man, purposely told us this story because he wants us to understand what it is to have a relationship with God. The prodigal son had done everything, right? He had gone and partied like crazy. He had taken legal drugs, illegal drugs. He had shoptily dropped an Amazon Prime. None of that satisfied. And when he realized, listen, I'm completely spent, he recognized that he needed to go back to the Father. And Jesus, the master storyteller, told us that story because he wanted us to get a peek at what the kingdom of God looks like and what our relationship between a son or a daughter and a father could look like. So I'm here to tell you that ultimate connection is possible. Ultimate connection is something that we can have with the father 
and it and the people it is dependent on you and I. Ultimate connection is a possibility for every one of us, and it's dependent on you and I. Now, why is it that we need to do this? Why do we need connectivity with connectivity with the Father? What will we experience? What are the attributes that we will experience if we were to have this ultimate connectivity with the Father? Before I do that, I'm going to ask every one of you to take your phones and turn it to aircraft mode. Oh. Air, airplane mode. See, I already missed my lines. I want you to turn your phones to airplane mode. I want you to put your seatbelt on and hang with me for about 10 to 15 minutes before I land this plane. I have my daughters here to help me about the key attributes that we can learn as we connect with the Father. So the first one is the word promise keeper, right? He is our promise keeper. He will never, ever, he will never, ever let us down. You know, in, in life as human beings, there are so many times that people let us down. Children let us down. Companies let us down. Churches let us down. Spiritual leaders let us down. But God himself is a promise keeper. He will never let us down. He's also powerful. I work, as I told you, with the Department of Defense. I work with the most powerful Army, Air Force, and Navy the world has ever known, the US Air Force and Navy. But guess what? The God that we serve is much more powerful than any human army. Even as powerful as our, weapon, uh, as our forces are, God is much more powerful than that. And that's an attribute that we can experience. Peace. You know, in, a, in the time of turmoil, in the time when stuff's going on all around us, right? He's our peace in that storm. It's a way that we can get to know him. And that is by peace. The word position. Right? The beautiful thing is the Bible says that Jesus is sitting on the right hand of God. Right? That's a very accurate thing to say. He's positioned on, on the right hand of the Father. Not only is He positioned like that, right? He positions us. Whether it is in a family unit, whether it is in a job, whether it is in the community, whether it is in a state, He has positioned us strategically to do and work in and through us. So it's position is something that we can count on with God. He is perfect. I, I come from the island of Sri Lanka and we have beautiful sapphires and rubies. But guess what? If you look at these sapphires and rubies really close, there is imperfection in them. God is absolutely perfect. More than silver, more than gold, more than straw, more than sapphires and rubies he is perfect he's our protector i've experienced him as our protector one of the things that we do as a family when wherever we go is we pray before we leave we ask god to protect us and he has protected us even in in an accident he has protected us 
My son plays football for Lehigh University, and he had a terrible accident last year during a game against Georgetown, and he broke his neck. But guess what? God protected him in and through that accident. And I'm happy to tell you that he is doing well. He's able to walk. He does a lot of, you know, he's doing everything that he was able to do before he's able to do. He can't play football anymore because it's a contact sport. But God protected him through that process. He is persistent. In the, in the story of where he goes looking for that lost coin, or when he goes looking for the lost sheep, right? He shows us how persistent he is over us. He is going to persistently go after us because that's who he is. I'll also tell you one more thing about being persistent. He also wants us to be persistent. Persistent in the way that we follow him. Persistent in the things that we need and, and want. You know, there is a story in the Bible with regard to the unrighteous judge. And it's a beautiful story of how we learn that he is persistent. Or, or as, the, as the widow is persistent, God answers those prayers. So it's an incredible thing that we can trust and depend on. He's our priest, right? He is, he is our priest. He, he receives our prayers. He receives our worship, right? He receives our sacrifice. Even the little things that we sacrifice, he sees and he understands. And he is our priest. The Bible says he is our high priest. So it is another attribute of who he is. He's a planner. The Bible says that he knew us in our mother's womb. Right? Long before we were born, he knew us. Right? He knows exactly all about you. And he has planned a life for you. One of my favorite scriptures is Ephesians 2.10. We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Which he has prepared in advance for us to do. He has planned in advance because you're one of his workmanship. And I'll, I'll give you a little tidbit about that. When I pray for my family, I pray Maya is God's workmanship, prayer in Christ Jesus to do good works, which, Ma, which Maya is prepared to do. So I, I substitute Maya's name or Savannah's name. So when I pray, I pray very specifically because as I was growing up, people would always tell me, Sam, pray for God's will. Okay, that's a fantastic thing to do, pray, pray for God's will. How do I pray for God's will? Well, that's how I pray for God's will. What is your name, son? Colin. Colin? Yeah, so I would pray, Colin is God's workmanship, prayed in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he has prepared Colin to do. That's a specific prayer that we can pray because he's our planner. He has already gone before us and planned for us. He's positive. He doesn't bring up negative stuff about us. He doesn't gossip about us. He believes in the best in us. You know, the Bible says he forgets. He's extremely positive when it comes to thinking about us. You know why? Because he sees us through Jesus. So there is no negativity about who he is. He's extremely positive and he thinks of us very positively when he thinks about us. There is no negativity in him. So his, his, when he thinks about you, right, he has positive thoughts because you know what? He has made you in his image and that's what he's thinking about when he thinks about you. He's a provoker. What do I mean by that? 
right? He provokes us to good works. Sometimes we need that, don't we? We need for him to provoke us, to remind us, so that we can move ahead to life and godliness, right? It's important, right? Sometimes, you know, it's like my children. They don't want to be told, be on time. Eat your leftovers, right? But, but God provokes us to good works, not in an unkind way, but in a good way. We need that. We need to embrace that. We need to embrace correction. That's what's going to make us this workmanship, right? So when I say provoker, don't let that be a negative connotation. He's provoking us to good works. You know why? Because he has, he has a plan for us and he, he's going to mold us into who he is, who he wants us to be so that we can become more like him. He's, he's principled about the way that he works, right? The Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's a God that is consistent, right? We, we wouldn't want somebody else, you know, somebody who's wishy-washy, who doesn't make a commitment to us. He's extremely principled. So when we go to him, he doesn't change. The same God that my grandparents worship, my parents worship, we worship, and my children will worship. You know why? Because he's principled about who he is. He's practical. You know, even though he was he's God, he's extremely practical. Right? When he was on earth, when he saw people were hungry, he fed them. When his best friend passed away, he wept. He allowed somebody to, to wash his feet. God himself is extremely practical. He's not some God that is way out there that doesn't quite get where you are at right now. He's a God that is extremely practical. And as we learn to press in and, and communicate with him and connect with him, we're going to get to know him this way. He's a partner. He forgives. Not only does he forgive over and over again, I don't know about in your life, but in my life, he forgives some of the same issues that I have over and over and over again. He forgives. He's the perfect sacrifice. He's sitting on the right hand of the Father. What he has done has been done, and he forgives us so that we can have a relationship with him and we can have a connectivity with him. He's passionate about us. He's all in when it comes to us. He's all in, right? He died on the cross. He's all in. There is nothing more than I can, that I can say about that. He's extremely passionate about and persistent about the relationship that he has with us. And he's going to continue to pursue us in that manner. He's a preserver. What we give him, he's going to preserve for eternity's sake. When we give him our lives, he's going to preserve us forever and ever. There are not too many things that are preserved. You know, from our culture to everything else, you know, will, will go away. But guess what? The things that we give to him, he's going to preserve. He's going to hold that close. Again, that, that story about the, the lost sheep and the lost coin reminds us of that, that, that he's going to preserve, meaning he's not going to be careless with us. He's going to preserve that which we have given him, and he's going to hold on to that. He's present in our lives. 
you know, many times I'm with my family, and there's, if there's one thing that my wife would want me to do differently, is that when I'm at home and I'm spending family time, that I'm present. Sometimes I'm there physically, but it's difficult to get my attention because I'm thinking about other stuff, right? But the neat thing about God the Father, as we connect with Him, is He's present one-on-one. -on -one. And isn't it amazing that He has the ability to be able to do that individually and collectively with every single one of us. He helps us to prioritize, right? It's interesting in the story, not only, not only between something that is good and not so good, God also helps us prioritize between what is best and what is maybe not as pertinent. In that story between Mary and Martha, it was not that Martha was doing something bad. In fact, she was being hospitable. In a human form, if you come from where I come from, you would say that Martha was doing the right thing because she was preparing a meal. She was being busy making sure that Jesus was going to have a really nice meal. But, but guess what? Jesus said, Mary, you have chosen the most important thing. So guess what? Jesus and God helps us to prioritize. I see many, many young people here. You know, as you think about conflicting priorities, should I do this? Should I not do this? Should I go to this school? Should I not go to this school? Guess what? Yes, you can go to your parents, and I don't discourage you from doing that because many times God God speaks through parents. He speaks through counselors. But as Christians, we also have this connectivity with the Lord Jesus Christ that we can also go to Him directly so that He can help us prioritize. Not necessarily between something that is not good and good, but even when you have many good options, He's going to show us exactly what to do. He's our provider, right? And the beautiful thing is, one of the things that I pray about is that He's a God who knows what we need even before we ask. I'm going to say that one more time. He's a God who knows what we need even before we ask. And sometimes that's money. But sometimes what we need, money can't buy. He's a God who will also provide those things to us that money can't buy. He's our provider. And last but not least, he's a performer. Right? He died on the cross. Right? That was not augmented reality. Right? That was not that was not simulation. There was true blood that was shed on the cross for you and I. And there's nothing like him. So I've shared with you about 20 different ways of how we get connected when we, when we start to connect with them. So how do we do that? How do we start connecting with the Lord? Right? We start, we start where we are. Right? I can tell you that I came to this country when I was 22 years old. I'm 55 years old now. 55. I came here when I was 22. A few years after I came here, I lost my parents. My parents were the ones who introduced me to the Lord. But guess what? They were also my hotspot. The way that I connected with the Father was through them. Right? But I, when I lost them, I thought, oh my God, what a cruel joke. You know, I'm done. I'm finished. But guess what? I started to press in 
I started to press in to the God that they had introduced me to. And I can tell you that he did not disappoint. Every turn, every place that I went to, he gave me favor and he, and he, I got to know him in the way that I have shared. So the beautiful thing is, as we pray, and, and I'll tell you one other thing, you know, he's, he gave me the ultimate data package, right? When it came to data, when it came to talk, when it came to text, it's all being paid for. It's free of charge. It's already paid for. All we have to do is to be able to take him up on it and to start to communicate to him so that he can hear us and that he can connect with you. And as we do this, and as we are real with them, he's as more, he's more real than your parents. He's more real than your best friend. He's more real than your, than your Sunday school teacher or a youth leader. He's more closer than that. And as we start to connect with them and say, here I am, Lord, I want to get to know you more. Guess what? He's going to be real and he's going to be able to connect with you like that. As I land this plane and I bring this, and I bring this to a close and we start to get to the gate where you can take your seatbelts off and get off airplane mode. I want to ask you a question. How is your connection with God? For some of you, for some of you, you need to ask the Lord to come into your life so that you can make a new commitment to Jesus. For some of you, you need Jesus for the first time. There are others of you who just need to power off and power back on like I did in Columbus so that I can re-establish a fresh connection, right? Because sometimes, guess what happens? Even the best phones, you know, start to mess up a little bit. You got to power off and power on. And guess what? We start getting connected back with the Father. And there are others of you who already are walking with God and know Him and have experienced Him. But there may be more that you can experience, right? I just shared with you 20 different ways and they all started with P. I am sure there is much more for us to experience because nothing compares with them. So I'm gonna leave you with that. Get off airplane mode. The plane has landed. He's paid the price, right? Ultimate connection is possible with God himself. And it's up to you because he's paid for the data, he's paid for texting, and he's paid for unlimited talk. Thank you.